0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to our panel podcast discussing the investment outlook for 2022. It is the 9th of December. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Jaime Aguero, Remy Lambert, and our special guest, Chris Igoe of Axe Investment Managers. As anticipated the last time we met, inflation has now taken center stage for financial markets. Stimulus packages have collided with supply bottlenecks to force prices higher and higher and in some of the major economies to levels not seen for many decades. As prices have risen, central banks have been forced to reevaluate their monetary stimulus, bringing ever closer the date when rescue packages will be put into reverse. And some of the smaller central banks have already begun this process. Today, we will discuss the likely timing of policy normalisation, what is known as the lift-off of interest rates. Who will break cover first among the major central banks and how high are rates likely to climb? Jaime, could I please ask you first, though, to put the later months of the year into context for us?
1: Yes, of course. I mean, the last part of the year has seen a positive market environment with a combination of strong growth and very strong earnings, a progressive return to normal activity, and as you say, monetary policies that have remained accommodative. The risk of a faster removal of fed accommodation that was prevalent at some time was, has receded and totally in Q4. And it's just most recently that both risks, the pandemic and the Fed monetary policy perspective, have come back to the front of the scene and generated a bit of volatility. But we are back to historical highs across a number of asset classes.
0: Yes, thank you for that. Could you also, though, briefly remind us of the sort of heights that inflation has reached in some areas?
1: Yes, well, inflation, as you mentioned, has been one of the key themes of this year. And for example, in the US, it has reached a level not seen in 30 years. This was driven by a sharp increase. In commodities and the surge in consumer demand for creating a number of issues on supply chains, push-up inflation. And these factors are likely to be less prevalent in 2022 as some of these prices will stabilize. And there are already some signs of that these pressures might be abating. However, labor costs are increasing across a number of regions, in particular in the U.S., where we are very close to full employment. And that might be an additional factor to keep inflation high for a few years to come.
0: Yes, there have been surprising figures, as you mentioned, after years of low inflation, and typically the bond markets would be expected to react to that. But Remy, we saw a marked episode of yield curve steepening earlier this year. That is where longer-dated bond yields rose faster than short-dated bond yields. Have the bond markets then repeated this pattern as inflationary pressures become more and more obvious?
2: So indeed, yield curves went up as the curve steepened earlier this year. At that time, uh, this was fueled by concerns over inflation levels, but also of the dynamics in the U.S. economy. While at that time, the Federal Reserve was maybe seen as behind the curve, probably too doughish given the situation at that time. In October of this year, the Federal Reserve announced its tapering with a cautious and gradual approach, which helped to soften the concerns (coughs) over inflation and release the pressure on, long rates. Recently, the president of the Federal Reserve, Jay Powell, made the following comment. I think it's it's probably a good time to retire that word and try to explain more clearly what we mean, he stated. This comment in the context of good economic hard data in the U.S., confirmed the consensus in the market that the Fed will hike its rate sooner than expected and it's accelerate its tappering. So what is priced is that the long-lasting inflation has finally triggered a clear change in the posture of the Fed towards restrictive action with good economic situation allowed to stand. Indeed, over the last months, yields have moved in very different ways according to their maturities. The two and five years have risen while the 10 and 30 years have dropped a more flattening yield curve, so a different situation than the beginning of the year.
0: Yes, it is different, and Chris. Remy mentioned there that the US Federal Reserve clung to this description of inflation as transitory through the majority of this year. And that really was in the face of gathering evidence that it was simply not the case. Was this just stubbornness or, in fact, a misjudgment by the Fed?
3: Well, I think it was mostly a misjudgment. I think generally many people underestimated the dynamics in inflation. If we go back to the kind of cause of this, we closed down the global economy almost entirely in March of 2020. But policy continued to Support demand. And when supply started to come back on track, there were bottlenecks and disruptions. And that led to these supply side issues, which pushed inflation up. And I don't think we really understood or could model the extent of that. And it's persisted and it's been added to by what we've seen in the energy sector with, again, partly supply, but also some underinvestment in the traditional energy sectors because of the shift towards renewables. And, And that's all contributed. I think why the Fed pivoted a couple of weeks ago was really because of the concern that inflationary expectations, that is, you know, what people think inflation is going to be in the future, were starting to become unanchored from where they'd been prior to the crisis. And we've seen that in the bond market throughout the year with break-even inflation rates, which is really the implied future inflation rate that the bond market is pricing, has been increasing and is at least at the level of central banks' targets, if not somewhat above. So I think the Fed acted appropriately recently to try and arrest that development. And the suggestion is, of course, that they now have to follow through and start to lift interest rates and go through with their their tapering, cutting back on their bond purchases in early 2022.
0: And so then would you view the response of the bond markets as rational, given this rising inflation data and the pivot of the Fed?
3: When you look across global asset classes, it's clear that the US asset classes, both fixed income and equities, have responded to this more hawkish messaging from the Fed. So you've had an underperformance in the last couple of weeks of US assets relative to asset markets in other parts of the world. Specifically, I think the bond market is interesting because, as Remy said, long-term bond yields have actually fallen since Powell made his comments, and the real conundrum, if there is one, is the level of real interest rates in the bond market. That's you know the bond yield adjusted for inflation. They continue to be very negative. In fact, in the US, real 10-year bond yields are minus 1%, which is you know close to a historical low. And it's hard to see what pushes them up in the short term, other than the Fed actually raising interest rates. And that will happen at some point next year.
0: Yes, we'll come on to that. But Remy, if we look at the equity markets, though, now we're still seeing this divergence in performance between growth and value.
2: We can break down the year into two parts. The first part was roughly, and we can bring back to the first semester of 2021. We observe a significant outperformance of value and cyclical stocks following a sharp rise in oil prices, that was said a bit earlier, rise in interest rates at the beginning of the year, and the reopening of the world economies. And therefore, we saw a strong you know, a sharp rise in supply, and there was a sharp demand there. And therefore, it also supported cyclical stocks. As we move through the second part of the year, well, actually, quality and growth stocks came back into favor as some doubts came over the robustness of the global economy and sent the investors back into a more, I would say, defensive area of the market. As we speak right now and as we look at, you know, the indices, the MSI world growth or value, they return as we speak on the 9th of December, the same performance, which is in euro terms around 25%. So to answer your question, we've seen two parts, but as we speak right now, there's no divergence in terms of between those two types of styles in the market right now.
0: Yes that's interesting. Chris, we've noted before that the correlation between equities and bonds can become more positive, that is more similar, during periods of inflation. Is there any evidence of that currently?
3: I think there is in short periods because I think where we're starting from is that bond yields are very low relative to the current level of inflation. And in the equity market, the PE multiples are very high relative to the current rate of inflation. Now, the current rate of inflation, I don't think, tells the true story. On Friday this week, we're going to get the US inflation data for November. It's likely that the year over year rate will show something close to 7%. I don't believe inflation in the US is running at 7%. That's really just the base effects, the comparison with last year as we go through 2022 that inflation rate will come down but it's still going to be higher than where we were before the pandemic maybe you know between three and four percent and that means that there is a risk that bond yields could still rise to meet that higher inflation rate and that could have an impact on equity multiples as well so you would get some positive correlation in response to the inflation factor however i would say in a risk-off market that is when you know equity markets correct downwards bond markets tend to do better. And so that negative correlation does still show itself when there is stress in markets. And that's a key underpinning of multi-asset portfolios, which have exposure to both equities and fixed income.
0: Yes, and that has been demonstrated even very recently. So, finally, then, Fed tapering, as Remy mentioned, has now started and a rhetoric has become increasingly hawkish over the final quarter, most recently from Jay Powell himself. Chris, when will the Fed start its lift off of interest rates and how many hikes would you expect in 2022?
3: Well, it's a question of whether you believe the economists or believe the market, because there still is a bit of a divergence. The market has been ahead of the economists, I think, generally. The market is suggesting between two and three hikes next year, starting around June. I think that's a reasonable timetable, to be fair. And when we see what economists are doing, they're bringing forward their expectations of uh, Fed rate hikes. But I don't think we should be too alarmed. This is normal. The rate hikes won't be too aggressive, I don't think. We'll end up at the end of 2022 to with the Fed funds rate still being 1% or lower. So by historical
2: standards, we're still in a very
3: low interest rate environment.
0: It's not alarming as you say. And your thoughts, Remy?
2: No, we had this conversation with the team. And for once, you know, there's always a question, is the Fed behind, you know, the market? Or maybe this time it's the markets behind the Fed. Um, The Fed has adjusted. We know that they're going to be moving with their tapering very aggressively over 2022. And potentially there's going to be two rate hikes. We also know that they're going to have to do those two rate hikes before the midterm elections in the US because the Fed never wants to be seen as favoring the politicians in place. So for the time being, as Chris, said, you know, there's no major concern. On that specific point, I think that the Fed has done what it needs to do. We'll see how things roll out in 2022. And we'll see also what the information and the hard data come out from the economy, especially in the US.
0: We will indeed. Hi, Jaime, could you please wrap up our discussion then with a few words on how financial markets could react to these scenarios?
1: Sure. So at the moment, it looks like 2022 is going to be quite a complex year to navigate. I think from one angle, we will see some deceleration of growth after, of course, a very benign period of massive boost from fiscal and monetary policies. This will happen in the context of persistent high inflation and, of course, tightening monetary policy. And I think one of the key factors in 2022 will be the speed of the policy removal. First, the QE, which most probably will be removed by uh, Q1 next year. I think the Fed recognizes that they were a bit late will adjust that probably. And then, of course, the changes in policy rate, which I would expect will start in q two and probably another two before the end of the year. The difficult part here is for the Fed to navigate this delicate policy of taming inflation in a deteriorating growing environment without risking, eventually, if there is a policy error, a recession later on in 2023 or 2024. We, of course, know that the pandemic risk is still prevalent. And we saw just very recently how quickly the environment can change from now perspective. And we have also a number of potential geopolitical risks appearing here and there in in different regions of the world. I think from a market perspective, we've been for a few years, and more even now, in a bit of a liquidity-driven anomaly, where we have from one side very low interest rates, despite a combination of high growth, high inflation, which is very, very unusual. And from the other side, we have a very significant number of cash-rich investors that have really no other alternative than invest in highly valued equity market and other risk assets to deliver some sort of returns. So I think if central banks manage to navigate this situation of you know removing accommodation and avoiding recession, I think this situation can prevail for some time. So slightly benign returns on risk assets, not so much from the fixed income side. But I think in any case, I would expect the returns in multi-asset portfolios to be lower than in 2022 and in recent years, given this changing the
0: overall investment perspective. Sounds like another interesting year ahead. Thank you all very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you.